Well, hey, good morning, Harvest. Can we thank the worship team for leading us as they uh, lead us, as they walk out in worship? Um, Heart is just so blessed by our time in worship together. Do me a favor. If you have your Bibles, can you open them up to Joshua 14? We're going to be in Joshua 14 this morning. And um, I just want to give you a reminder again. If you don't have a Bible, just raise your hand. We have people coming down the aisles right now who'd love to give you a copy of God's Word. If you don't own a Bible, keep that. We're going to be in Joshua 14. But just a reminder that tonight um, our church is hosting Worship on the Waterfront. And I'm super pumped about that. Who else is excited about that? Come on. Okay. Um, We're expecting it to be very, very full down there. Um, The weather is supposed to be beautiful. I just checked on my phone. It's like 76 and partly cloudy. It's going to be a perfect night to worship. So if you are planning on coming, can you just get there early? That would be my encouragement to you. Just show up um, early. And I think the thing starts at 7, so you're going to want to get there about 6.15, I would say, to ensure that you've got some seats. So just remember that. And uh, this is kind of a special weekend for us. Um, This is what we call an all-in weekend. And if you've been a part of our church for the last couple of years, you know that about every um, or three or four times a year, we will take a break and pause and say, all right, let's talk about something that's really important to us as a church. And this is a weekend where we kind of refocus and say, all right, what's our identity? What are we going after? What do we want to be? And the the topic that I want to talk about today um, is church. We need to be a church that is characterized by expectancy. Okay, we need to be a people that when we come to church and then also in our lives that we are expectant that God is going to show up, that he's going to reveal himself to us and that he is going to move in our life in a powerful way. The last thing I would ever want us to be is a people who get really comfortable going through the motions And we go to church just because we're good church people and this is what good church people do. But we have lost a wonder and an expectancy that God is alive, that he's powerful, that he's present with us, and that he's not done working. Amen? We need to be a church that is expectant. And I just want to be honest with you. The pressure is on for me this week. And here's why. The story that we're going to look at in Joshua 14 is my wife's favorite passage in the whole Bible. Um, In fact, uh, we were having a sermon outlining meeting, and we knew that we wanted to talk about expectancy, but we didn't know what passage to to go to. So my wife was one of the ladies in that meeting with us, and she said, you guys need to do Joshua 14. So if I screw this up, I'm in big trouble. So I'm sweating this, and and it's going to look a little bit different. This morning, I'm going to preach a shorter message. It's going to be more of a devotional than anything, only about 20 minutes long. And then we're going to end with an extended time of worship, which I'm really excited about. But here's the big idea. Here's what we're driving to this morning. It's this. Um, If you're taking notes, I know the notes are blank this morning. Um, You'll be okay. I promise you'll live. You can just write these down. They'll be on the screen as I work through it. It's this. It's your expectations impact your experience. Your expectations impact your experience. The, the expectations you have uh, about something that's coming up in your life, how you prepare yourself going into that thing is absolutely going to affect the outcome. There's a direct line between expectancy and experience. And so let me give you an example. Um, this past week, was a, a, it's just a great week for our church in, in the sense that um, last Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, we had our pastors and directors retreat. 
And one of the things that we've found since we've moved to two campuses and some of our staff offices out of Grand Haven and the other offices out of Spring Lake, it's really, really hard just to get everyone together for an extended period of time. And we try to do staff lunches every other week. We work to try to get ourselves together. But even in the work week, when we get all together, someone's got a meeting, someone's got an appointment, and it's just really hard to keep cohesion amongst the staff. So so we really look forward to to this retreat where we go up to my folks' place. It's in the middle of nowhere in Bitely, Michigan, and we have three days just to spend time with each other. And and we do um, some sessions. We kind of have a session that talks through some theology. We have a session that talks through, hey, where's our church at? What are you guys seeing? Where are we dropping the ball? Where can we grow? What are we doing well? Like, like there's some good work that gets done, um, but then it's primarily just a lot of hanging out and, and, and spending time together. We have meals together. People go fishing. We play uh, lawn games and get way too competitive um, for how good we are at those lawn games. And people hang out to like 2.30 in the morning just spending time with each other. Okay, so if I go into last week and my expectation for this week is, is wow, this is going to be amazing. And I love the people that I get to work with and God's been so good to, to give us a team that, that loves each other and loves the Lord and I can't wait to spend time with these people and I'm so excited, right? My experience of that week is going to be different than if I come with the mentality, man, I've still got a sermon to write and people are driving me crazy right now and I'm tired, and I don't really want to be around anyone, right? If my expectations are this is going to be a draining thing, it's going to impact my experience. But if my expectations are like, wow, this is a blessing from the Lord, this is going to be awesome, the experience is going to look much different. So let me ask you a question. Do we as followers of Jesus Christ live life with the expectation that God is going to work and do great things both in us and through us? Do you have that expectation of your life? That when you look back on your life, what you're going to see is this, wow, God did an amazing work in me and in my family, and he used me to grow and expand his kingdom. Do you live with that expectation? Here's a question. When you come to church this morning, is your expectation that you are going to meet with the almighty creator of the universe in a way that is unique and life-changing? Or... Did you just wake up and say, hey, it's time to go to church? What's your expectancy level at this morning, if you could be honest with yourself? Rate it on a scale of 1 to 10. Well, in Joshua 14, we're going to meet a man who had great expectancy in regards to what God was going to do in his life, and that man's name was Caleb. So if you have your Bibles open to Joshua 14, look at verse 6, and you can follow along as I read. I'm going to read through verse 9 to get us going. Here's what it says. It says, then the people of Judah came to Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, you know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God in Kadesh Barnea, concerning you and me. For I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought him word again as it was in my heart. But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. Okay, so a little bit of background here. Um, Some of you may know who Caleb was. Some of you may not. Um, You need to remember, Moses was the man that God called to lead his people out of slavery in Egypt to the promised land. 
And remember, God showed up in a burning bush, and he's like, Moses, go to Pharaoh and and say, God has said to let my people go, and that didn't go great, and God sent 10 plagues on the people of Egypt, and eventually the Israelites were freed, and they went into the wilderness, and God brought them right away to the edge of the promised land. And Moses sent 12 spies to go and scout out the promised land. And 10 of the spies came back, and here's what they said. They said, the land is amazing. It's more than we could have ever dreamed. It is flowing with milk and honey. But here's the problem. If we go into that land, we're going to get destroyed. They're, They're like, there are fortified cities. There are great armies. The people there, they're Dutch giants. They're super tall, and they're big boned, and we're going to get wiped out as a nation if we try and go enter the promised land. Two of the spies... Joshua and Caleb, they said, listen, the land is great. There are huge cities. There are huge armies. But we have the Lord. And if God is with us, who can be against us? God promised us this land. Let's go take it. This isn't hard. Well, the people sided with the ten that were afraid. And they rebelled against Moses. So what God said is, it's fine. You don't want to go into the promised land. You don't have to. But you're going to spend the rest of your lives, the next 40 years, wandering around in the wilderness till this generation goes away and it's going to be your children that inherit the promised land. But God also made a promise to both Joshua and Caleb. Because you were faithful, because you trusted me, I'm going to preserve you, I'm going to keep you alive, and you will enter the promised land with this next generation. Okay, so what's happening here is Caleb saying, hey Joshua, remember what God promised us? Moses said that the Lord told him that this certain piece of land was going to be mine and my family's for generations to come. And he's saying, I want to go take that land right now. And the first thing we see in this text is this. It's that the foundation of of our expectancy is God's promises. The foundation of our expectancy is God's promises. The reason that you and I should come to church with an expectation that God's going to do something in our hearts is because God has made promises that, that he will. Caleb is remembering the promises God made him, and he has every expectation that God will keep those promises. The same thing is true of us, church. You know that God has made us real promises about what happens when we gather together? Here's a promise. It's that when we come together, we experience God's presence in a significant way. Matthew 18, 20 says, For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. So when we gather together in the name of Jesus, meaning that we have come with a specific purpose to say we are followers of Jesus, we love Jesus, we want to worship him, we want to follow him with our lives, it says he is with us. That, that Jesus Christ, through his spirit, is in this room with us right now. Do you know that, church? Isn't that amazing? Here's another promise, James 4, 8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That when we come and say, God, I want more of you, I want more of your presence, I want more of your power in my life, God, I need you, I need your help, I need your wisdom, that that God doesn't stiff arm us in that moment, that God's never like, nah, I'm busy, I'm doing other things, but he always leans in and draws near to us, is close with us. Here's here's a a psalm that I love. This is so amazing. It says this, Psalm 63, O God, you are my God, earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you and my flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Look at verse 2. 
So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory, because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you, so I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift my hands. And what I love about that is the writer says, listen, God, I've seen you in your house. That when I've come to your house to worship your name, I have seen your power and your glory. And my only response is I'm going to lift my hands and worship and pray because you are present in your house and you inhabit the praise of your people. I love that passage. Listen, my favorite comment that people make about our church, it's not, oh man, what a cool building or the, the preaching's great or, or I love the worship. The, the thing that I love to hear most is when people come who are visiting or are new and they say, listen, when I was here, I just felt God's presence was in this place. His spirit was moving. You could feel the presence of God. And I'm like, you know why that is? It's because he is here because he promised that he would be. God promises us when we gather together, he's here in a way that's unique, that's not the same as when you're by yourself in your car. Here's another promise. God promises that his word will change us. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Okay, so, so here's what that means. That God's word has a power to convict us and to expose us and to change us like nothing else in this world. That God's word is different and unique than any podcast you'll ever listen to, than any Netflix show you'll ever binge watch, than any album you'll ever listen to. That, that God's word has an ability that rather than us reading it, it can actually read our hearts. That it can get to the division of joint and marrow inside of us. And so what that means is, is that when we come to church, that, that God wants to speak to us. Did you have the expectation this morning that God wanted to speak to you directly? That through his word, he wanted to, to have you leave changed? Do we come with that expectation? Because it's what's promised to us. God has made some specific promises to us and we need to live with the expectation that he's gonna be faithful to that. Here's the next thing we see this morning is that expectancy leads to action. Expectancy leads to action. Look at verse 10 with me. It says this, and now behold, this is Caleb talking, the Lord has kept me alive just as he said. These 45 years since that time, the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel was in the wilderness. And now behold, I am this day 85 years old and I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength is now as my strength was then for war and for going and coming. So now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard how on that day, how the Anakim were there with great fortified cities. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall drive them out just as the Lord said. Okay, can we pause for a moment and talk about how awesome Caleb is for a second? Right, Caleb is 85 years old. And here's what he says. He's saying, listen, I am just as strong today as I was 40 years ago when Moses sent me into the land to spy. Like, that's insane, right? Like, I picture Caleb being like a, a bald, old, jacked guy with like a Harley Davidson jacket. And he's like, listen, 
I know that there's great fortified cities and that the Anakim are there, a great army. I'm going to go and drive them out. Let's bring it. Like, here's the thing. I'm 33 years old. 18 feels like a lifetime ago. Like when I was 18 years old, I could go play soccer for two hours, not stretch, take a 15-minute pizza and Coke break, play two more hours of soccer and be absolutely fine. Okay, here's where I am at my life now. I will wake up in the morning and I'll be like, oh, Mary, my back is so tight. And Mary will be like, what, what did you do to hurt it? And I'm like, I think I rolled over wrong. Like, I'm at the age, I'm hurting myself in my sleep. Like, it's a real thing. Okay, let me put it this way. If the Lord allows me to get to 85 years old, waking up for me will be the victory, right? Like, waking up is the win at that point. Like, here's what I promise you. At 85 years old, I'm not going to be going out to war. And if it is, it's going to be probably really slowly right? Um, Caleb's like, listen, God has preserved my strength. I believe in his promises just as much today as I did 40 years ago. I'm going to go, and I'm going to go take this land. His expectancy led to real action. Okay, so the action was clear for Caleb. What does that look like for us? And here's where I maybe want to press in on us as a church a a little bit and say, okay, what can we do to put our expectancy into action? Here's one. How about this? When we come to church, let's come to church prepared. I think that's an action we can take, that, that there are certain specific things we can do to prepare ourselves to meet with the Lord, right? Like you guys are here Sunday morning. Um, a, a good way to prepare is Saturday night. Set aside a few minutes and just pray with the Lord. Hey, God, I know I'm going into your house tomorrow. I know you're going to meet with me. God, here's some sin that I need to confess. Here's some things that I'm worried about. Like, let me just lay out my heart to you right now. Because I want to make the most of our time together. And I want you to move in my life. Um, Here's another way we can come prepared. Um, We can get a good night of rest before we come to church in the morning, right? Like, listen... If you were up till 2.30 in the morning, you haven't set yourself up for failure, right? Because when you're exhausted and and you sit down, and listen, I understand my voice is like butter, but right, like like you can get really, really tired and sleepy if you're not careful. So part of what we can do, because we're expectant that God's word's going to change us, is we can come well rested. Um, Here's one. We can get to church 10 minutes early, right? So our kids are put away. Our coffee and donut is, is eaten. We have our seats so that the second the first worship song begins, we're here and engaged and we're ready for what God has for us. Like if we're expectant that God's going to do something, then, then, then shouldn't our time when we gather together in God's house, shouldn't that be what drives our calendar rather than the last thing we think about as we walk into the doors? Uh, another action that I believe that we can take is when we're here is to really lean in and give ourselves to what God would do in our time together. Okay, so, so here's what I mean, and I know I've teased you about this before, but one of the things that I love about our church is our church is great note takers. Like, it's so cool for me to preach, and I'm like, all right, here's the next thing we see, and I see all of your heads look up at the screen, you read it, and then all of you start writing and you take notes. 
And I think that's amazing. But here's what drives me a little bit crazy. It's like, it's when the last note is taken on your outline. It's like, okay, we're done. And then like, also it's like, all right, we got to clip up the thing back in our binder. And I hear click, 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 click. And we're opening up purses and rattling around keys. And it's like, guys, I'm still talking. We're not exactly done yet. And sometimes as we close, I'm driving exactly to what the Lord would lay on our heart. So here's what I think I'm going to do. I'm just going to have fake outlines from now on. There's going to be a couple extra points I leave at the bottom that I'm just never going to get to because then you guys won't know, right? That's a good solution. Um, see, you guys are mad at me for some reason, right? Because you're so entrenched in your ways. Um, here's one. And, and listen, I understand this. Um, I understand that right now, especially, getting out of church is a pain. Exchange is shut down. It takes like seven minutes to turn left, especially if you want to go back into Grand Haven. Um, but here's the thing. Um, oftentimes, when we close with worship, that's when God does a lot of his changing and confirming and speaking to us in that moment. Don't bail early. Like, like, like listen, you might get to the, your parking lot three minutes earlier if you leave before the last song. But I tell you what, if you lean in and worship, God might change your week or your life. Like, listen, we get, we get like an hour of 20 minutes all together every week, and God's presence is here. I don't want to cut that off early. Let, let, let's lean in to what God is doing in this time. Let's give it our all. Here's the third thing we see. It's this. It's that expectancy is a legacy. Expectancy is a legacy. Look at verse 13. It says this. It says, then Joshua blessed him. And he gave him Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, for an inheritance. Therefore, Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenzanite, to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. And here's what I think is so cool about Caleb. It's this. The last thing we hear from him is that he is an 85-year-old man. He's going to go drive the enemies of the Lord out of the promised land. And here's what we hear. God gave it to him as an inheritance. He won that battle. God was faithful to his promises. And this is the last we hear of Caleb. He's this old guy that's like, I'm going to go take this land. I'm expecting that God's going to move. Joshua, let me go. Let me take my family and we're going to go walk into the promises of God together. What a cool way to go out, right? Like that's the last we hear of Caleb. Like, church, how do you want to be remembered? Like, I was thinking um, this week, I was like, listen, if at my funeral, if the Lord grants me time, and I've got my kids there, and I've got my grandkids there, what do I want them to say about me? And I was like, man, wouldn't it be so cool if the number one thing they all said was, man, Cal lived his life with the expectation that God was going to show up and do great things. He believed that God was alive. He believed that Jesus saves. He believed that the Spirit empowered him. And he lived life with the expectation that God was going to do things that were greater than the sum of his parts. Like, that's a legacy worth leaving. It's way, way better than, man, he was a great golfer or a good teacher or he was funny. What's the legacy you want to leave? Men, like, your families and your children are watching. Would they say, man, dad loved the Lord and he lived life with an expectancy that God was going to show up? 
You know, I think about this for our church. In November, we're gonna have our, our ninth year of ministry together, nine year anniversary. And even just looking in, in this room right now, like I'm overwhelmed at how good God has been to us and what he's done. We started with 40 people together in a living room and um, we've got two campuses and five services and we've seen marriages restored, people come to know the Lord on a huge scale, baptisms, like so many amazing things. And listen, it's good to look back and celebrate what God has done but we can't just look back and celebrate what God has done, but we have to live life with the expectancy that God's not done working. Like church, do you believe that there's still people in this community who God wants desperately to grab hold of their hearts? Come on, give me something there. Amen, yeah, okay. Do you believe that God's faithful and powerful to do it? Okay, then let's be a part of that together. And we have to have the faith that our best years are ahead of us. And so here's what I want to do as we close. I'm just going to ask you to stand. And um, Al's going to lead us in a song right now. And, and, and what the, the message of the song is, is, is God, we've seen you move. We've seen you be faithful. We've seen you work. But God, we believe we're going to see you do it again. So, so let's do this. Let's just take a moment. And if I could ask you, can we, just, can we just raise our hands if you believe that? That God, you're good, you're faithful, you're going to keep moving. And we're going to let Al lead us in a time of worship together. Let's go.